Crunch Time. Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time. Crunch Time. All righty, Kansas City. Welcome to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowl. It's Thursday. It's the off season. And the show will reflect that a little bit as well. You know, maybe just think back to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl run. But where do we go from here now that all of the children have grown up, Frank? And they are ready to leave the nest. Uh, I think we're going to see a bunch of that. We're seeing it with some coaches. I think we're going to see it with players. You know, one of the things, Frank, and you you brought this up, and I'd love for you to kind of opine uh, on this a little bit, but um, yeah, right after Super Bowls, usually is when you start losing people. You lose people because people, you know, they got the ring, they want to go get paid, and then you know, coaches usually uh, skedaddle as they look for, uh, you know, different jobs, better jobs, uh, head coaching jobs, and uh, so, and then you know, there's always you know some attrition of guys retiring and maybe coaches that want to go somewhere else. So. Your thoughts on this offseason? Let's just start there. This offseason, and, you know, will it be something that, you know, we really didn't see a huge turnover after the last couple of Super Bowls, but do you see a big turnover after this one? Uh, it looks like it at the moment. I think they have 16 uh, free agents. So you've got you guys like Juju and, of course, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. You've got guys like Kalen Saunders, you know, Blake Bell. Uh, Ronald Jones, but you also have Hardman. You know, you go back and forth. Wiley, uh, Thornhill, Naughty, Dunlap, Allegretti. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys here. There's a lot of moving parts, like you said. It all comes down to, uh, you know, your, your salary cap and, and where you are and who you're going to have to restructure and who you're going to keep, who you may trade. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people talking. Maybe they should trade Chris Jones. Whoops! And excuse my voice. We'll explain why that's in the toilet later. But uh, but the deal is, uh, you know, like trading Chris Jones or restructuring uh, Mahomes, uh, restructuring Travis Kelsey, uh, doing all. There's a lot of juggling to be going on. That's why it's so so good that Brett Veach is so good at this and his capologists and the people that are around him because he's not. He's the leader of that group, but he has a lot of people working under him that are dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and doing the addition and subtraction uh, for this football team, and you know, trying to figure out what's going on. The best thing for the Chiefs is ten rookies, uh, you know, uh, contributed this year to to this football team. I mean, that's unbelievable amount of players. So they hit everything right with the young players. Uh, they hit everything right with the older players because they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So everything worked for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Sometimes it's not this seamless and this flawless that these things happen. But, it, you know, we'll see what happens during this offseason. They can make some moves that could really surprise you because they seem to be taking a little bit of the New England approach to older football players. You know, they just, when they hit the 30 mark, if it's anything but a quarterback or a tight end type uh, type position that, you know, maybe it is time to really think about uh, about moving some of these guys and getting them while they're still in their prime. They'll still have a good year left. 
because you don't want to make trades with teams and then that player comes back and doesn't and doesn't play very well or was over the hill and you knew it and you traded it to them anyway and everybody was you know sort of hiding stuff under the sheet so to speak but so you know you, you want to make a good trade because you want to have trade partners as you move forward and like someone like Chris Jones is a prime kid and he's He's at, he's at the prime of his career. I'm not saying I want to trade Chris Jones. I'm just saying it is a possibility for the Kansas City Chiefs because of the salary cap situation. You're going to have to make some room uh, on, on this on the salary cap to, uh, to try to re-sign some of these players, restructure some of these players. And then if you lose some players, to be able to bring other players in uh, who can contribute, especially if you're looking, maybe you're not going to re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe – MVS moves along. You're going to have to restock the wide receiver room. And in order to do that, you're going to need some money somewhere. Well, as, as we go through uh, the next couple of weeks, we'll definitely talk about free agency. We can talk about that a little bit here too. But uh, as we, as we kind of take a deep breath, as the season ends, uh, the NFL season comes to conclusion with the Kansas city chiefs winning the Super Bowl, as we all know, and, and then, of course, the parade—that uh, is the the end of the of the season per se, as we have the parade. And and then uh, you know the the season kind of starts up again when uh, you go to the combine. And the combine is right around the corner. And then we have the draft, which is in Kansas City this year. And hey, listen, the NFL universe uh, is circling around uh, the sun, which is Kansas City this year with the Super Bowl victory, uh, the best team in the NFL. Uh, of course, we have the draft here this year, which uh, Union Station is going to be transformed into a, a palace for uh, the draft and the, and the players and the fans, which is going to be great. I can't tell you, Frank, already how many things uh, and how many people have reached out to me, and I know other people, about all the events that are going to be going on in Kansas City. A lot of people are comparing it to the All-Star Game uh, in Kansas City when the Major League Baseball had their All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby and all that. Uh, in Kansas City, uh, just all kinds of different events being planned, all kinds of different uh, parties, all kinds of, uh, of different infrastructure uh, um, uh, changes will be implemented. Uh, so the NFL, uh, as the season progresses, it starts out basically with a Kansas City player. Uh, so, uh, you know, really kind of good news for Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, obviously the hot item. In, uh, in sports right now, uh, the MVP of the season, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh, but I guess the people from Netflix, uh, they, they knew. They knew this was all going to happen uh, because they, uh, along with uh, Peyton Manning uh, in his Omaha Productions, had put together a, a, a new series for uh, Netflix called uh, The Quarterback and uh, to look into the lifestyle behind the scenes uh, through the eyes of the quarterback uh, Patrick Mahomes is obviously going to be the star of this uh, as they followed him around. Uh, I heard rumblings of this from people over at Arrowhead. I I wasn't sure if it was for Netflix or what it was for, but uh, some rumblings around uh, the complex about you know a lot of camera access and different film crews in. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota are the other quarterbacks. Uh, we'll be talking about family time, so they'll be behind the scenes. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes having a couple young babies now. Uh, it'll be inside scenes in the locker room. 
inside scenes of practice and the huddle and, and all the stuff goes on behind the scenes of an NFL uh, lifestyle. Uh, a little bit like your show, I'm watching it too, Frank, Full Swing, which is an excellent show. I, I'm really enjoying it, behind the scenes of the PGA, which is on Netflix right now. And then, of course, it all started with the F1 series uh, that uh, came out a couple of years ago that's wildly popular. So the NFL and, and Peyton Manning uh, and his, his production company, Omaha Production, decided, hey, let's put together something to kind of uh, feed off of the frenzy, which is going on. And we saw an F1 and golf and now in the NFL. So that's going on. Uh, Frank, I know that you're watching Full Swing. And uh, what's your thoughts on that series? I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I, I watched the whole thing. I've been through the whole thing. It was uh, it was terrific. It's great to see the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was great to uh, find out after they had you know produced it and then put it out there on Netflix that uh, Rory McIlroy, who is featured on Full Swing as well, he told them he said, "Look, he said I'll participate, but you're not you're not taking one shot of my family, my baby, my wife." You can, we'll do golf, we'll do stuff that's on the course or related to golf, but that's all I'm going to do. Whereas some of the other, uh, some of the other players gave them full access. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so. I'm glad yeah. that Dustin Johnson did. Yeah, geez, yeah, he did. And, of course, his wife was uh, very, oh, uh, very geez. prominent as well. And that, that's, uh, that's Paulina Gretzky yeah. is, uh, is, is his wife. So, uh, oh, and, and just and another little aside, the PGA Tour is now going to allow – the LIV guys to play in all the major championships. So that just broke you today ain't, earlier. You so, 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 so the deal is I think those two uh, splinter groups will come back together eventually. So we'll see. But uh, the deal was I love full swing. It was great. And I got, got into uh, the golf thing a little bit earlier. Did you, did you ever see the short game? If, if, if you people out there have not seen the short game, it's about these little kids and then their parents and how they pushed them in golf? Oh my! You won't believe that series. If you think this series was great, the short game is incredible. Okay, just I mean it's mind blowing. You talk about little league parents? Oh my gosh, it's okay. unbelievable. It's a great. So the short game, which is on Netflix, and then you had Full Swing. You Tim, you talked about F one, and I'm I'm not a big F one guy. I mean, you know, sometimes if our races aren't, I might as I'm going through the channels looking for something. It might be on. I might watch it for a while and then turn it off. I watch the F1 series has made me an F1 fan. Yeah, it was un-freaking believable. And Netflix is so good at it. And all the guys around here kept saying, you know, there's a lot more camera crews over there. And they're thinking over at Arrowhead this year. And they're thinking, okay, well, you know, it's the Chiefs. And they're, you know, they're really good. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we have people. But they're thinking they're from the, you know, more people from the networks or the NFL network or ESPN or whatever. But here it was. It was the Netflix guys. And yep. they, yep. every once in a while they'd see them slip through and get into areas that they couldn't get into, that, that the normal crews couldn't get into. So they're going, who the heck are those guys? Are they are they Chiefs guys? You know, are they, are they part of the, 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 the Chiefs? Uh, film crew or whatever, but they ended up being the Netflix guy. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, how yeah, that not, goes. Not, not that I'm a stalker or anything, Frank, but uh, you're a stalker. Uh, I do drive by Patrick's house a uh, bunch as I'm going over to Bishop Age for uh, uh, practice. Uh, so I drive by his house back and forth a couple times a day. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of times that I saw big production trucks out in his driveway. I was thinking, yeah, that's a little strange. Um, you know, it, what, if it's once, okay. 
I would say that probably throughout the football season, uh, driving back and forth over to me, down uh, a certain street, which we probably all know what it is. Oh, yeah. Say it. Well, since one of the TV stations outed him and his address, I mean, come on. (laughs) So uh, I will say that I I saw that that production truck in there a bunch. So obviously Patrick Mahomes led full access in to uh, see Brittany and the kids. Um, you know, Brittany is a social media um, influencer, so probably it's not going to bug her too much. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, that's, that's part of the deal. The NFL is, uh, is not stupid. They're going to feed off of, you know, and Netflix has done a great job of covering these series. I think you're going to see them in a bunch of other sports, too. I enjoy them. I think they're really good. So that's one thing that we can look forward to as this offseason begins. The other thing is, Frank, and I don't know if you saw this story, but St. Joseph's, uh, up in, you know, uh, in northern Missouri, the training camp home of the Kansas City Chiefs are still negotiating or they're negotiating a, a contract for uh, training camp. I'm not sure if they got this year done or they're working on next year or, um, or what, what the whole deal is. But uh, the article just talked about how the Chiefs and St. Joe's are negotiating, but it's not a done deal. And, you know, people always think, well, you know, St. Joe's has been the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, since 2010. And a lot of the fans that uh, follow the Chiefs now, that's all they know. But, you know, remember now, we were up in River Falls from 1991 to, I think it was 2009. And then before that, uh, from the beginning of the time in Kansas City to 1990, the Chiefs were at William Jewell and Liberty. So, you know, there's a precedent that you move training camp around and, Frank, one of the things that um, I've heard is that the Kansas City Royals, as they work on this new baseball stadium downtown, which I'm a, I'm in, I, I'm in big favor of. I, I think downtown baseball is, is where it's at. I, I, I'm not sure football because of tailgate and everything else. It just kind of makes, makes it hard. But downtown baseball, I think, is, is really cool. And I know there's a lot of people for and against it. I get it. But I would like to see a downtown stadium. And if that happens, I think you're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, probably annex that area, and you will see a home for the Kansas City Chiefs for training camp where they can have practice right there at uh, Arrowhead, and uh, people can go and see it. Now, people say, why don't they do that now? The infrastructure just isn't set up right now for the Kansas City Chiefs to have um, uh, training camp practice at Arrowhead. There's There's no place for the fans to watch and it just it's just not set up properly, but I think that that would be the plan: is that the Chiefs and the uh, uh, Sports Commission, uh, headed by Kathy Nelson, who's doing an unbelievable job. She is she's, just awesome. She's incredible. Oh, yeah, her, her and her whole staff are just amazing. Oh. So, uh, your thoughts on uh, training camp? Uh, I, you know, I would think that the Chiefs will be in St. Joe this year, and maybe even next, but. Uh, is the writing on the wall that the Chiefs will eventually be practicing uh, training camp right there at the facility? Well, I, I think that is the trend in the NFL. Everybody's bringing their training camps back. And, of course, they could open Arrowhead uh, partially for some training camp for the uh, for the fans to come in and watch. But, uh, I, you know, that will take staffing and, you know, they'll have to have, you know, bathrooms open and they'll have to have concession stands open, all that sort of stuff. So, but the trend is to try to move it back to your home facility, wherever that may be, you know, instead of being away, so to speak. But uh, I will say, Frank, not to, not to cut you off, but I will yeah. real quick. 
when we were practicing over uh, uh, over you know during the season, uh, many times uh, Marty would want to go into Arrowhead, and um, you know he was overruled, believe it or not, um, because they don't want uh, the teams to practice on that field too much. And they just want to torn up. They work hard on it. They want it to be in good shape. We saw what happened in Arizona. I mean, that's a whole different thing, a whole different world. But you don't want you, know, you see what happens in Chicago. So uh, you know, even even back then, uh, they tried to keep people off the field as much as possible. So uh, yeah, I mean, they could do that, but I'm sure that the powers that be over there would not want to do that. But go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I just yeah. Want to let know that we did practice there, but maybe, maybe. In the 11 years that, that, that I played, maybe practiced there a handful of times. Right. Well, they that's why they built the other facility. So right. you wouldn't be tearing up that field. And there's three – I think there's three fields in that facility, as I remember, right, on the uh, on the new facility over there. Well, it's not new yep. anymore. but So that it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But, but you're right. Um, they could stay up there for the next couple of years or bring it home. The problem is they bring it home, the fans are going to be sort of left out in the cold. It's going to be a situation where they just don't have the capacity to get it done. And Andy, I think the big thing right now, as long as Andy's the head coach, he likes being away for that period of time. He he thinks it's great for bonding for the team to get together and bond and you know be away like that and concentrate just on football. Um, I'm not sure how the NFL Players Union feels about the whole thing. I'm not sure how the players feel about it. Uh, but with their success and with the way things go here in Kansas City, at least, I don't think they're too adverse to going to uh, up to St. Joe to practice. Uh, I just think, you know, I, I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing being away. Uh, I just think it does it does unite the guys and bring them closer together because they have to interact so closely not only on but off the field as well. And so I've, I think it's a good thing for them, and it's worked out for them very, very well. So I've got nothing against the St. Joe situation because if they do bring them home – they will have to somehow accommodate the fans somehow, some way. And it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver that. Like you said, they really, the groundskeepers really don't want them on the main field. And there's no real stands or anything over at the practice facility unless you would put temporary stands up on that hill, which is uh, right there at the parking lot in, that would surround that, that, uh, that area. So... Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but we'll just have to see how it is moving along. But being there will not accommodate the fans like St. Joe accommodates the fans. Yeah, and I don't think that they're going to do that um, until a decision has been made. And obviously this is uh, a long way off in the future. Um, I do think eventually it'll come back to uh, Arrowhead. And what I think they're going to do, and I have no inside information on this at all but this is this is if, if, if they were asking me frank hey how would you set this up what would you do well you know obviously you you tear up the k and you flatten it out and then you build uh, maybe some new offices uh over there um the offices over at uh at the facility over there are nice but they are not anywhere close to uh, what a lot of the organizations have. And the other thing that you can do, Frank, and this is really thinking completely out of the box, but you can build a, uh, for lack of a better term, a dorm, uh, which would be a lot nicer than a dorm. I'm not talking about like a college-looking dorm. but Well, you, a, could build, you could do a mixed use. You could build a, a hotel 
And right. during like training players, camp, it, yeah. the players would occupy the hotel. Right. And then during the season, you can get a good buck for people staying right there to walk across. And oh, remember, I see. I see what you're talking about, yeah. When they, when they do, uh, and this is going to happen. And now, I don't, I'm not saying about the, the hotel and the dorm and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think they should, mixed use. I agree. But what's going to happen is they're going to put an entertainment district uh, down in that area, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, where, pe- where people can go to restaurants and bars and everything else that'll be right around the stadium. That's what all, like, the, that, like down in Dallas, the whatever that thing is called. Well, yeah, and also New England has their, their that area there as well. Right. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of, a lot of things coming up. So it, it's not really beyond the realm of reality that, that they will move. Uh, I think St. Joe's is pretty safe up there as long as the negotiations go well for the next at least five years. But uh, I think eventually when they're going to come back, um, when the Royals make their decision, which all indications are they're going downtown. Oh, so, yeah. They're gone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got the Netflix series. We've got training camp uh, series. We obviously have the draft coming up. Uh, we'll be talking a ton about the draft and, and how exciting that's going to be here in Kansas City. And I know A10WHB is doing a bunch of different events and parties, and we'll be giving you guys an opportunity to take advantage of that by giving away tickets and letting you guys know where they're at. Uh, and power and light will be buzzing uh, as the draft pops in. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I think we could talk about next segment, Frank, if you'd like, is, you know, as a coaching staff, what are you doing now? All right. So what is the coaches, you know, they're back to work. The players are uh, in the Bahamas or they're on vacation somewhere. Uh, they got away. But the, the coaches get about a week off and then they go back to work. You know, remember now. Uh, they have the combine coming up, uh, which all of them go to. Uh, they have, um, uh, you know, uh, which is really important is the breakdown of the season. And each position coach, and I did this uh, with Charlie Weiss the, the years that I was there, is you have to break down each player and give the pros and cons of the year. Every play played, you grade out uh, the player as far as production, both. Let's say if you're an offensive line, run blocking, pass blocking, assignments, misassignments, all those kind of things, penalties. Uh, you break it down and you write a report on each player. All right now, that's probably what the player, the coaches, if they're back right now, maybe they have another week. I, I don't know. I I don't know because of the Super Bowl how long they got off. But here in the the not too distant future, each position coach will break down the players that they coach and write a report. And then they'll have to present that report uh, to the staff and uh, you, the whole staff, not just the offensive staff, not just the defensive staff. They all sit around, they present the reports. You know, you go through each player. And the offensive line coach is the hardest job because there's more of them, uh, which drove me crazy. I mean, trying to, especially in college, when you, you have like 20 guys. I mean, in the NFL, you may have uh, 15 guys or 14 guys counting practice squad, but you have to break every one of those guys down. Whether they played one snap or they played a thousand snaps, you got to break them down, and then the evaluation process starts. And the first thing you do, everybody out there, is you've got to evaluate and break down your own players, and then discuss with the coaches um, feasibility of keeping them around, uh, feasibility of moving them, feasibility of cutting them, and then that leads into the next couple of weeks, which is 
now breaking down the draft. So that's what's going on right now at Arrowhead. And, uh, Frank, you have some news. That, you know, we're losing some coaches. Yeah, well, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to lose one. Greg Lewis, uh, the – uh, running back coach uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs is headed to Washington to be on Eric Bieniemy's staff there. Um, I listened to uh, uh, Anthony Sherman and, and Garrett Dieter, who do a terrific job, by the way, when they come in once a week, and they're going to go all year round now, not just during football season, which is really, really great. A lot like you do, Tim, with this show, we go year round, and those guys will be going year round with Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati in the morning. So, uh, they're really good. They were talking about he will be missed. They say he is really he is really an up and coming and rising football coach. Uh, so he's going to go. Uh, he's going to go uh, with Eric Bieniemy to Washington. I think they've got their work cut out for him uh, in Washington because the uh, you know that that team is just decimated. They really don't have a quarterback. Uh, they're going to have to rebuild that offense from the ground up. And if Bieniemy can do that, then I don't think there'll be anyone that will be passing him up in the future when they have a head coach opening. But I think getting out from underneath Andy Reid, maybe rebuilding a team like Washington. I know everybody thinks, oh, boy, poor Eric is going to be in trouble in Washington because they don't have anybody and their team is terrible. I said, well, if you can if you can turn that around and you get that team rolling offensively, then you really have put a feather in your own cap and then, you know, will lead to the eventual head coaching position for Eric Bieniemy. So I think, you know, and Greg Lewis uh, felt that was the best way for him to go. Uh, you know, sometimes, Tim, you know this from being a coach yourself, is you look at the coaching staff and maybe Greg Lewis was looking to become the offensive coordinator, you know, someday or whatever, and then all of a sudden Matt Nagy's there. And Nagy's going to move right in. He'll probably be not only the offense coordinator, but probably be the head coach in waiting for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, at this point because of his relationship with Patrick Mahomes, which will continue on after Andy decides to step down, whenever that may be. And uh, so I think maybe he saw the light, you know, a light. Maybe I can go over here and be with Eric Bieniemy and uh, and you know, in, enhance my. My credentials as well as I want to move up, and you know, I think every assistant coach wants to be a head coach. Uh, the smart assistants are the ones that know, you know what, it's the old Peter principle, you know, rise to the level of your incompetence. Some assistants realize I'm really not head coach material, but being an assistant coach in the NFL making a million plus a year ain't too bad a gig. So I think, you know, we'll just see where Greg Lewis lands eventually, and Eric Bieniemy for that matter, as they go on to Washington. So, yeah. That, yeah, that's Real just quick. one of the quick moves here. Yeah, before we take a break, um, your thoughts on, you know, listen, full disclosure, uh, I love this guy. He's a great guy. I've known him for a long time, and uh, I think um, I think he's an excellent coach. But Dave Cope, thoughts on him being back. Uh, one of the things that we talked about uh, throughout the year, and, and it's been the old adage, uh, you talk to any veteran coach, rookies will put for sale signs in your yard. That is a proven fact. Uh, you know, the, the, um, the special teams for the Chiefs was probably their worst unit this year. Uh, the kickoff return was ranked 30th. The punt return was ranked about 25th. Um, uh, Bucker had his worst year, now played better in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he was injured, too, I think, a lot more than we thought. I'm not going to give him a real pass here, but I think he was, once he got hurt in the Cardinals game, opening game of the season, he was never really right until halfway through the season or so. 
Yeah, then you, you know you had the whole deal with the hold gate and the snap gate and the kick gate and oh, yeah. all that, and you know returners uh, turning the ball over. Um, this is my young guy. So uh, Dave Tobe, uh, I love him. I think he'd be great to keep around. But you know, just like Marty used to say all the time, eventually your message falls on deaf ears. For a guy that's been there a long, long time, uh, your thoughts on Dave Tobe? Uh, will Dave Tobe be back? I don't see Andy Reid ever firing Dave Tobe, but will he move on? Uh, that's, there's a lot of speculation out there that he is. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see how it goes. And if he does move on, I would say that it was probably suggested. You know, maybe not. You know, hey, listen, Dave, you know, you might want to think about that job over there or wherever, but he's with a Super Bowl winning team and a team that looks like they're going to continue to bang on that door for a few years to come here. They're such a young football team, and, you know, you're looking at maybe going back-to-back. It's not impossible to go back-to-back, folks. It's happened before. Uh, So, you know, something of that nature. And, yeah, they were until the sort of – saved himself in the playoff game when Sky Moore fielded the punts pretty well. And then in the uh, Super Bowl when Tony ran that punt back, that might have saved his job. I don't know. But we'll we'll just see how, how that goes. If he moves on, I think it will be maybe more suggested than it was his decision to go. Okay, because if I'm him, this is one team I would not want to leave at, at the moment. Now, you'll say, well, what about Eric Bieniemy? Well, Eric Bieniemy's uh, sites are set on being a head coach and he knew after all these interviews he's done after all these years and having Patrick Mahomes and still not getting a job he knew if he wanted to achieve his dream of being a head coach in the NFL he had to move on so that decision I think basically was his at that point point. and again Tim sometimes like you said the message falls on deaf ears it's just sometimes you can have guys on your staff too long and Andy's very very loyal okay so he, he keeps guys around, and uh, especially guys he's been with for a long time and, and, and has had success with, even though that coach might not have had a great year. So we'll just have to see what happens. All right, friends, we'll take a break here. I want to thank our great friends from CBD, American Shaman. I was looking up some news today on Shaman, and for all you people that are having a hard time sleeping at that time of the year, um, you know, look at CBN. Uh, right now they're ranked CBN, a great product, a water-soluble product. Uh, which is made with a, uh, a uh, hemp derivative called CBN. It dissolves well in water and drinks. It's uh, made from non-GOM hemp. Uh, comes in a couple different sizes. Uh, great product for you to help you sleep. And CBD America Shaman is always on the forefront uh, anytime. Hey, listen, I, I, if, if you have any questions about this company, just go ahead and Google America Shaman and just look at the news stories. I did it this morning. And every news story is positive. They are donating thousands of dollars to uh, suicide prevention in Kansas City. Uh, they're just they're helping out, of course, with the Day 58, which you're going to talk to Jamie Woolard here coming up at the end of the show. Uh, uh, they are one of the major sponsors for Derek Thomas's great charity, Third and Long. Uh, just a great Kansas City company with all kinds of great, great products. And remember, you get 30% off right now at all stores all over town. So if you're driving around and you didn't have a great night's sleep last night, and you say, you know what, maybe I should try something, stay away from those over-the-counter, you know, the PM drugs and all that kind of stuff because it just gives you a horrible hangover in the morning. You're dragging around for a couple hours. This gives you no side effects. You wake up, 
you like you uh, uh, just had a great night's sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I use it for, um, <clears throat> and again, excuse my voice, folks. Uh, I use it for uh, my pain on my hands when I play golf or my arthritic fingers I have, and I have that one bad foot. I use it all the time. I use the gummies at night. I don't use the CBN at night, but I use the gummies, which uh, are just the, uh, you know, just fan. They work really well for me. So uh, just go in, talk to them, and they'll they'll help you uh, help cure what ails you, folks. Believe Frank, me. One of my one of my favorite things I do, and real quick, I know we got to take a break. I was playing golf down here in Florida. Uh, went to the Daytona 500, and on Friday went and played a course right over by Daytona with a good buddy of mine, Gary Sturrow, who's 75 years old, Frank. Uh, Pretty close to a good What tees was he playing from? Uh, he's playing from up where you play. Thank from. you very much. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Right, so, uh, his knee. I mean, he's limping around. I said, hey, listen, I may have something in my bag to help you out. He's like, oh, come on. I'm not taking any pills or anything. I said, it's not a pill. I said, here, try this. Try this CBD American Shaman Topical Cream. And uh, he put it on there. And, you know, he is skeptical, just like we were. Sure. When we started. And I swear to God, in two holes. He said, where can I buy that stuff? That stuff is awesome. I said, listen, you can have my bottle. You know, appreciate you taking me out. Here, use this. And I'm telling you guys, people, I left, that's one of my favorite things to do is when people, you know, aren't sure, they doubt, and they try it, and then they're like, oh, my gosh, it's working so fast. It's got to be mental. I said, it's not mental. It, it, is, it just works. So yeah. don't forget about that topical cream as the spring rolls around. You've been sitting around all, all winter and you're going out to play golf, you're going to need that topical print. Right, and if you're in an area where there is no CBD American Shaman, like in Florida, like that, I'm not sure they have one there. I'll have to check with Jamie here later. But uh, if they don't, just go online, CBD American Shaman, and get uh, they'll ship the products to you. So you, you can get them that way as well. Folks, we've got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Time. Nice to be Joe. Um, he's in Hawaii, so he don't get back till Sunday. Uh, he's going to try and get it here quick enough that we can do a quick auction for day 58. Uh, if not, we will uh, just add it to the auction on May 1st, which I believe it's May 1st. You'll have to check with Jamie again. But the uh, uh, third and long golf tournament, I think it's right. I think it's the Monday after the draft, which is going to be great because a lot of people are going to be in. Uh, we're going to do a Voodoo Lounge uh, uh, roast of Steve DeBerg. Oh, boy. 
on Sunday, which I will be at. I will not miss that. I, I, I haven't been to one in a couple of years, but I can't miss that one. Steve DeBerge. I love Steve DeBerge. Always did. Him. <laughs> and, of course, CBD America Shaman sponsors all that because they just do such a wonderful job for charitable works in Kansas City. Yeah, they do. They they do terrific work. The third and long really help out the kids and, uh, you know, keep keeping Derek's legacy uh, alive here in uh, in the Kansas City area. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Now, you were talking about all the coaches right now, and I know we're going to get into a draft. we got to find out who's going to be negotiating with who. And hold on. There's a lot of moving parts right now with anything you try to almost speculate on here. But let's talk a little bit about the coaching staff. I'm intrigued by this is the fact that um, you said you have to evaluate all the players. You also have to self-coach, right? You've got to also go back and, you know, the coordinators all have to look at it and go, okay, what did we do? How did they counter us? Are we too predictable? The Chiefs don't seem to be very predictable, which is, uh, you know, a great point and a great thing not to be predictable because Andy is so innovative because of the quarterback he has. Uh, so what, what, what are you doing as far as self-coaching from that standpoint, a game plan standpoint? So uh, when, you're, when you're talking about what, Frank, I'm sorry, I, I missed that as my dog was over here. Yeah, a, a game planning situation to self-coach how you coach against yeah. certain defenses and being able to uh, not be predictable. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that that's the important thing, and, that, and that's part of the process that they're going to go through. So there's about four or five different areas that they'll look at as they get ready, as OTAs will start out in, in a couple months. And the guys will start working out again. And, you know, first thing you do is you evaluate your players. And then you start to evaluate the, uh, the next crop of players coming up. And then you sit back and you look and you watch. And this is a process that these guys will be doing here exactly with the self-scouting and looking at what hurts you offensively, what hurts you defensively, uh, what you can and can't do well, what you need to work on. Uh, let's just take a prime example. Uh, I would think that the offensive staff will look at, hey, um, it's let's say it's the end of April, beginning of May. The draft just is over. Uh, you know, you take a deep breath. You realize what you have. Now you're looking at, okay, what do we need to look at? Hey, let's look at our third down and short situations. How we struggled. Why we struggled. What we need to do better. You know, what what we tried to do that didn't work. What we tried to do that did work. And uh, you know, break that down in that self scouting. Is really important. Then you go to uh, the red zone defensively, and you think, okay, now uh, what do we struggle with? What formations? What plays? Uh, what situation? Uh, what did we do that maybe put ourselves behind the eight ball a little bit with some some different blitz packages and or none non blitz package coverages, uh, fronts, uh, you know those kind of things, and you'll break that down. So the self scouting is really a huge huge part of of the off season. You know, remember now, these coaches, they don't have particularly uh, uh, an offseason. They, they come in uh, right now, they're, they're, self, they're, they're breaking down their players, and then they're going to break down the draft, and then they're going to go to the uh, combine, and then, you know, they're going to keep working on the draft. When the draft is over, then you start working on your team too. So they have a couple weeks off, I believe, in July, but that's it. So they are in the office, 9 to 5, working on all these different aspects of the game. This game never ends for NFL coaches. Yeah, I know. It is a it is a 365. And I'm sure even when you're supposed to have time off, I know Andy goes, but you know when he's sitting on the beach or wherever in his Hawaiian shirt, 
uh, when he's sitting there, you know he's doodling and scribbling stuff and doing plays and making up more, you know, uh, snow, whatever that thing was. Uh, the Yeah, that thing. Uh, you know, do, doing things like that and try, try to make it fun. That makes it fun for the players. I mean, that you know, that's fun to do on Fridays when the coaches are figuring out something. And the players are down there doing things and say, hey, coach, what do you think about this? Coach Lake said, sure. Well, you know, we might give that a call. And, uh, you know, call that sometime again. Call that on the goal line or call it somewhere where we may need it that would really, you know, not just for a gimmick, but the idea that the defense will have no idea what you're doing. And that that's the important thing. Plus, you're going to be self-scouting against teams you will play next year that you play a lot of, Cincinnati, the Buffalo Bills, you know, all your AFC West opponents, although they all seem to have gone away. Uh, but, uh, you know, that that guy said, plus you got to prepare for next year. You're going to go overseas. You're going to play a game in Munich. And I think it's going to be either against the Bears or the Lions from the NFC, which is on – they're both on the Chiefs' home schedule. So I think it will be one of those two teams. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see as they move along there. Yeah, and if you just even look at, um, you know, a lot of talk already as the season just about to kick in here, who will the Chiefs open up with? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Potential uh, kickoff opponents. Uh, they, they listed nine here. I think you probably break it down even more than that. I'll give you the nine, and then I'll give you the top two, I think. It's the Chargers, uh, obviously the Broncos, the Raiders, the Bills, the, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Eagles, or the Bears. Um, you know, I think it's a no-brainer. I think everybody probably thinks, hey, there'll be the Eagles again, a repeat of the Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I think that that'll be a uh, primetime game somewhere in the middle of the season. I, I would think that, you know, a lot of people are saying the Buffalo Bills, right, because that's a great rivalry. It's a new rivalry. But because of the new coach in Denver, uh, I think that the Broncos uh, is a likely uh, opponent to start out as um, uh, Peyton, uh, Sean Payton comes back into the NFL, a big-time personality, a big-time coach, in his first game uh, back against the Chiefs. Uh, I think that that most likely, in my opinion, will be uh, the first game this year. What do you think? Miami. Miami, yeah. <laughs> Ty, come on, man. Get Tyreek in here with Tua. That'd, that'd be fine. I'll, I'll see Denver Tim only because Denver hasn't beaten the Chiefs in the millennium. Okay, I, I just don't. I just don't see it. it might be the Chargers from the AFC West. Uh, Eagles, that would be a great call. Everybody would love to see that, but I'm with you. I'd rather have that sometime during the season. So, uh, But they have a great home schedule. Their home schedule is great. Their away schedule, they could go undefeated on the road. Their away, they, the away schedule, except for Jacksonville, is like – Good Lord. I mean, they, they could go 8-0 on the road. Uh, I'm serious. I'm not Yeah, the Vikings here, so. maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Right. The Patriots maybe. The NFC bit. teams have a terrible time with the Chiefs. But we got to get out of here. we got to get some Jamie Willard on here, Timmy, um, and talk a little bit about Day 58 coming up. want to thank our wonderful sponsors at CBD American Shaman for putting up with us, too, for a long period of time now. We have a great relationship, both Timmy and I do, personally with, uh, you know, Vince Saunders and certainly Jamie Willard and his wife Donna but uh they they're also great sponsors here at the, at WHB so it's uh it's been a great deal Tim you are listening to Restaurant. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time, everybody. As promised, Jamie Willard now joins me from CBD American Shaman. Of course, 
They are terrific sponsors, and they really help out with the Third and Long Foundation, keeping Derek Thomas's legacy alive. And also, the big deal this month is the Day 58. Jamie, welcome to Crunch Time, buddy, and let's get them all filled in on what Day 58 entails. Well, thanks, Frank, and I really appreciate you taking some time uh, to help these guys out a little bit. Of course, uh, football is obviously big on everybody's mind in Kansas City today, or this this time of the year, especially this year. But, um, you know, Derek Thomas was around for 10 years with the Kansas City Chiefs, and his foundation has been around for 30 years, actually 33 years now, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, what we have started, and we started this like two years ago, but day 58 is – basically the 20 i think it's the 27th 27th right Uh uh-huh yeah it's the 58th day of the year and so what we do to honor Derek is we just ask people to go to thirdandlong.org and enter a donation and the only thing is the donation needs to be um end in 58 so it could be 58 cents it could be five dollars and 80 cents, it could be $58, whatever you want to do, as long as 58's in there, uh, third and long will take your money. And it's understand that everything that we do with third and long stays in Kansas City. So this money, uh, everything that we raise for day 58 will go to the reading program, uh, where we have 58 kids in two different schools in Kansas City. We've continued this program uh, since 1990. Uh, we offer scholarships to all the kids that go through this program. We've given out you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars with the scholarships over the course of the last, you know, 30 years, as well as uh, some of the other things that these kids get to do. For example, in fact, it's actually today uh, we have the kids all going to the Kaufman Center, and I think it's whatever's down there is a Cinderella. Something's down there that it's a big deal, um, but they're taking all the kids today. Papa John's is stepping up and feeding them pizza after the uh, after the play at the Kaufman Center, and they covered the buses. They cover everything. All this is all this is done with money that's raised uh, through the Third and Long Foundation. So we're just asking people go to thirdandlong.org. It's thirdandlong.org, and just hit the donate button, day fifty eight donate button, and put in how much you would like to like to give. Uh, we just had a ten thousand uh, dollar gift yesterday. Actually, it was ten thousand dollars and fifty-eight cents. Oh wow! Uh, That's and, awesome. Uh, that was kind of cool. Um, but you know, just whatever you can do um, is would be great. Doesn't make any difference how much it is. It just would be great for everybody to do, and and you know, just help the kids. And and uh, Third and Long has has really helped the Kansas City area. Um, you know, for the last thirty-three years. So we're just excited about it, and happy to be involved, and happy to get. Uh, you know, eight ten, and and you guys, crunch time, everybody involved in this and, and helping out, and we really appreciate it. Well, we all loved fifty eight, that's for sure. So fifty eight days is great. Coming up on the twenty seventh, but between now and then, don't forget thirdandlong.org. Uh, give a donation, anything in the uh, that has the fifty eight in it, whether it be exactly. five dollars and eighty cents, or fifty eight dollars, or fifty eight hundred, or. 58,000. You can we'll certainly, 50, yeah. yeah. 58,000 would be good. If plus, somebody wants to step up at 58,000, plus, if, 50 
if somebody forgot and just did fifty thousand, I think you'd probably take that as well. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think you probably would. So yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Jamie, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Third and Long does such great things, and CBD American Shaman is one of our our biggest and best sponsors here at the radio station. You've been great to Grunny and I. Uh, you know, handling this program in the evening, which sometimes gets off the rails, uh, as we all know. But uh, that's part of the fun of it, uh, of course. But uh, but really appreciate hey. what you guys are doing for uh, for yeah, Derek and, and his legacy. Forget, and don't forget the golf show this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you talked about it, but uh, yes, Frank, I I will be, be there. there. I'll be there tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, Saturday. three to five, right? And then yep. on Saturday from two to four. So exactly. I'll be out there. I think Tom Watson's going to be out there as well Watson's on Saturday. Watson's going to be there yes. talking on some stuff, and we've you got bet. some new stuff. And um, we're actually introducing our PRP program, which is uh, helps people with pain. Um, Grunny had it done uh, about a month ago. Yeah, one week shoulder. after he had the op- mm-hmm. one week after he had the procedure, he had an eagle on the third hole. So now he wants to get the other shoulder done. It doesn't hurt. He just thinks if you can get an eagle, he might as well get it on both sides. Yeah, well, I've, I've been with him when he got a hole in one, so I don't feel sorry for him at all, okay? I, sometimes I hope his shoulder falls off, but I won't tell him that. All right. Okay. All right, buddy. Thanks for everything you do, man. I really appreciate it. You, you bet, Jamie. I, I appreciate you. And don't forget, folks, every Thursday night, 30% off right here when you listen to Crunch Time. And uh, this is Frank Bolt. Timmy left us a little bit earlier. That was Jamie Willard for Third and Long. Don't forget about thirdandlong.org for Day 58 in memory of the late, great Derek Thomas. You've been listening to Crunch Time. Crunch Time.